Hello and uh, welcome to the 30 Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Korsha Kuchula and uh, hello Alex, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing well. I am enjoying it being summer again almost. How's that over there in Orla- uh, in uh, Oregon? I was going to say Orlando. It is wonderful. It is, it is proper summer now. It is uh, 74 degrees. There was no clouds today. It was absolutely delightful. Um, this is why you live in Oregon. You sacrifice your sanity during the wintertime so you can get the promise of sunshine. You, know? you, probably, you guys probably don't know what that feels like down in LA. All, that, all the sunshine getting out there. Uh, actually, not too much sunshine the last several months, which is incredibly timely oh, for my solar, for the solar panels I just put up. <sighs> um, <laughs> but that's another topic for another time. Alex, um, you know we've had a bunch of different um, guests over the past several months, uh, and we've all and been asking all of them the same question. Try to uh, remember the most memorable ad or piece of advertising, and all of them struggled. They were, they were all digital people, and all of them were struggling. Yep. And I feel like the examples people were bringing up were more from like the traditional world, and it got us mm-hmm. to thinking. It got me to thinking. Um, you can these days block ads on your computer apple will block a bunch of stuff in terms of tracking um you can subscribe to a bunch of streaming services and not see any advertising um really the only place where you can see ads without getting a newspaper or magazine is out there out of home it's out there walking around the street driving in your car and it's effective it's how i find it's Personally, it's how I find out about new shows um, or movies. Um, it's actually informative. Um, I can't ignore them. I actually appreciate the creativity of, of some of them. I feel like it's the one of the last vestiges of like true mass media. I think. I think in terms of being able to generate awareness really quickly, I think it's great. I think being able to get a message and a product out there, it is one of the most effective ways that is untrackable. <laughs> to be able to uh, tell people what's going on with the company. Well, let's talk about that today. Let's talk about Out of Home. Um, and let's uh, let's do it with, uh, with a guest and someone who knows Out of Home um, really, really well. Um, you might recognize uh, the voice uh, of Craig Barber, who previously joined us uh, to discuss the Super League debacle uh, about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, but um, Craig's daytime job, uh, outside of being um, a sports analyst, is the as a VP of um, outdoor for um, media agency Dentsu. Um, full disclosure, we all worked together in the past. Um, know and love Craig and respect his opinion and uh, wanted to bring him onto the show. So we're thankful, Craig, for you uh, agreeing to uh, stop by and uh, share your uh, pearls of wisdom with us. Absolutely. I'm uh, good to be back. And I, and I will ask you about those solar panels at some point as well. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a podcast in itself. <laughs> sounds like you're going to get a referral, uh, referral discount on that. Patience is the name of that game. Patience. Um, but Craig, uh, before we dive in, can you just um, introduce yourself a little bit in terms of what it is that you do at Dentsu, other than like what your title obviously relays so that we... Uh, we and our listeners know. Yeah. So, um, yep. Name's Craig Barber. I've been uh, SVP 
um, for a couple of years now at, um, at Dentsu. Um, but before that, as you can probably tell from the accent, I'm not always from these parts in America. So another fellow Brit on the podcast today. So I started out working uh, IPG in out of home probably 16, 17 years ago. I, I, at that point now where you sort of stopped counting. Um, and then from there, moved over to Stark on Media Vest and then uh, took that plane journey across the pond to, to here. So I've always kind of worked um, in the outdoor specialist side. And then at the moment, um, not just the out of home, but I'm also um, sort of spearheading our, our digital production and print side as well. So um, there's some interesting things, which I'm sure we'll talk about on that today with with digital. It sounds like you've been in, in outdoor for for a while rather than hopping around different media channels. So it'd be nice, yeah. it's going to be good to get a, a perspective, you know, over your entire career. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that. It, it, I feel like everyone in in their careers has done exactly that in terms of done a bit of hopping around. And they always say about out of home, when you get the bug, that's it. You you you're done for. You, you're always going to be in out of home for the rest of your life. And believe it or not, I did dabble in in radio. Um, I believe in it. the UK. Um, I dabbled in print. Um, but I, I'll be honest, the enjoyment for me was still out of home and, and you kind of alluded to it actually go at the beginning there about the why and, and, you know, it just always interested me. And I, I just sort of, I don't know, found myself having a passion for it. And I was one of those sad people down the pub talking outdoor with my <laughs> colleagues versus talking about football. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of how I came to be here today, I guess. I'd love to to start with start with that. I think, you know, in this digital first world that we're all being told constantly, especially over the last decade, um, and it's all digital first, old school media is dead, even advertising is dead, yet we still see billboards out and about all the time. Gorsha mentioned it just now. You know, it's a you know, it's a way that you can people still buy uh very much on the plan to get mass mass media awareness uh, very quickly out of home was a staple for a media plan you know back in the day even if we're going back to like mad men era um especially when you want to generate awareness what has changed in the current um sort of digit landscape especially with digital media and um and how does that impact how people think about out of home yeah it's a great question and i think one of the things um that out of home has struggled to contend with certainly in the sort of infancy of of online and and you know as you saw programmatic as well come to be was the targeting around audience this one-to-one message this idea that you could track and follow your consumer journey right through that funnel and out of home was seen i think as a little bit um archaic a little bit kind of stuck in in the past that it's just a one-to-many and it's and it's mass and and you know we we want to go down this path of of that targeting ironically i think we're probably at a point now where we are starting to see almost like a shift of that like returning back to that mass mass awareness that need for that i think we're almost too fragmented um i know that, that you know there's certainly trade press articles when you when you read up about a lot of the big clients, you know, the PNGs of the world are sort of saying that maybe they overinvested in programmatic, maybe that, you know, they should be looking at more traditional and, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about that as well. Like, you know, one of the biggest traditional 
marketing moments of, of the year is the Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's not out of home, but it's this idea that you can catch that many people in, in one hit. Um, so we've, we've struggled. Um, we are now at a place where we are developing uh, as an industry. We now do programmatic out of home. Again, we can go into that more in detail later. Um, there's more targeting. There's more robustness around uh, research and, and understanding that consumer journey. But as I always say to anyone who comes into out of home, never forget its strength. Ne- never forget that strength of mass reach. And and I'm, my big fear at the moment is that perhaps the outdoor industry is is picking up too much on this targeting. And as good as that is, let's just not forget that sometimes, you know, a, a, a poster campaign is is hard to beat. Um, so yeah, Craig, what is out of home? In 2023, what assets are we talking about? Yeah, so you've got your your formats that you you both will be well aware, right? So, you know, bus, transit, I call it the three Bs, actually. It's really cheesy, which is bus, bus shelter, and billboard. Um, Remember those three Bs, and that's kind of the the bread and butter. There you go, more Bs throwing them at you now. Uh, the bread and butter five bees. Of, of five bees of out of home. And so um, any mix of that is, is really what, what's, what's going to win you um, that audience. But in terms of the assets now, I mean, it's incredible just how much there is, um, you know, there are something like over two or 3000 media owners in out of home in the U S um, and that's based on the fact that if you can think of something that can be advertised outside your front door, it probably can be bought. Um, I, you know, at the moment I'm getting advertising um, sales pitches for for billboards on the side of the LA guard tower on the beaches. Um, you know, you can you can do stuff down rivers. You can go into jukeboxes in bars, and you know, the traditional bar media of you know beer mats is is actually quite uh, intricate these days. You've obviously got office screens. There's a lot of place based stuff now that. Um, is, is really kind of taken off and dare I say it's far more polished than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of have a, a, a choice, almost too much choice, dare I say. And, you know, it's, it's understanding what is right and what is wrong. Gone are the days where digital out of home and obviously, you know, digital billboards and digital screens in shopping malls and, and whatnot. Gone are the days where digital was seen as a, nice to have or a, or a premium option on top of a plan you c- it's actually a critical mass now i could do a hundred percent spend in digital and i would still get my audience that i could have got through the traditional path of just posters so um that just kind of perhaps emphasizes the the development of of the out-of-home market probably in the last you know 10 10 or 15 years or so when people talk about out of home as a part of their consideration set for where they spend their brand's dollars. Um, I often heard in my agency days, the term impact being thrown around, like, yeah, impact in that it was seen as more of like a splashy announcement type, um, type of, um, execution. So what does outdoor stand for in today's media landscape? Because, with performance media sucking up so much, so much of the kind of the dollar share, um, it feels like brands 
start thinking about, um, especially like startups um, or some of the newer age companies, um, when they want to appear real, like legit, that's when they start thinking about some of the more traditional executions, be it the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, or out of home. Um, how, how do you how do you present out of home from a standpoint of impact to brands both established uh, in that space as well as ones who might just be putting their toes or dipping their toes into it? Yeah, I mean, Im- impact um, is a great word that for me has has a lot of different meanings actually for out of home. So I think the the thing that everyone thinks about when they hear that word impact is basically a, a big oversized billboard, right? Like, a you know, maybe on the side of a wall or, you know, the side of a building or whatever it might be, um, you know, Times Square, Leicester Square, whatever you, you can think of there. But actually, I always think about and the way I present it to clients is thinking about contextual relevancy, which is, you know, we'll come on to that as well, is, is a major part of out of home in the impact in your environment is actually the, the key. Um, as a good example, you know, if, if you ever take travel on the subway, um, what would be like a, a bus shelter size, a, a you know, a, a six sheet size um, for those in Europe, it, 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 it actually is quite big in, in the subway environment. It's, it's quite a, an impactful piece, um, as are those, you know, units across the track. So that's my first thing I would always challenge a client, like, what do you mean by impact? Because we can do that in many different ways. The second part on impact that I always stress to clients is it's the impact of message and out of home knows its place in the media landscape. And I know that might sound weird to say, but you know, a fraction of a second is considered an impression in out of home. Um, it's very much a, a, a passive type media. I think we sort of alluded to that earlier as well. The impact comes from its its frequency. The impact comes from that message constantly being there. Um, you know, there's there's some famous uh, yeah, quirky clips on on you know Family Guy or Simpsons where you know it's Billboard Change Out Day and and kind of the community notices it. And you know, there's there is a truth to that in that people you know, go about their commute every day. You'll, you'll be driving, you know, think of your own commute. You'll be driving or walking the same place every single day. You'll do that twice a day back there and, and home again, five days a week. And the, the out of home becomes you know, very much a tangible experience for you and, and contextually relevant. And so again, there's the impact of, of that message. So I, I think, um, out of home can deliver that in many ways. For me, if I, if I go into a client and say, hey, it's just a big poster site, isn't it great? And I think the things you've mentioned as well is, is spot on. I think a lot of agencies and yeah, a lot of people think of it like that in, in the old traditional way. And that's really my job is to make sure that we you know think of it in a different way because um, it is so much more for sure. I think you, you brought up a great point that it becomes part of your your commute and part of your you know what you see as you walk around and when you do see something new it's very uh, noticeable because it's different and I think you know bringing back to your point of of the the creative um, outdoor knows its place and it's not trying to do you know different things you're not trying to cut a thirty second into a six second you're trying you have to make something bespoke and I think. 
how you put it about, you know, it knows what it is and knows where it is. Being able to be consistently in the same place, you can write really great ads for it because you know where it's going to be. You know how it's going to be presented to everyone. And I think from a from a crazy perspective, I think most of the ads that we were sharing between each other, um, you know, when we first started this and doing ad talk was just great outdoor work that we've seen. You know, whether that they're spec or scam ads is, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's the creativity that you have to do when you're, you know, you're, you're doing a very high profile fixed piece of work that you can, you know, just about get seven words in. So you have to distill the message down incredibly clearly for you to be able to get as someone walks past a bus shelter or sees a bus drive past. Um, Craig, you know, what, what have you seen in terms of creative work that's gone, gone over your desk as you're, you know, buying and, uh, and doing the production for these? And have you seen the work, you know, be consistently good? Yeah, you, uh, you just, you were talking there and you reminded me of a, a conference that I went to many, many years back. And I wish, wish, wish for the life of me, I could remember who the talker was, but Saatchi and Saatchi were up on stage and uh, the creative head guru at the time said that whenever I get a briefing from a client, the first thing I do is that I make my team create a poster. He says, even if I know, I know that outdoors not on the plan, I still make them create a poster. And the reason he said that was that if I can distill a message in seven words or less, and that is the, the, the kind of, you know, the, the magical number really that we aim for, then everything else is easy. The TV ad is easy, the, 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 the print, everything that, that, that follows. And, you know, that, has, that hasn't changed because, as I mentioned, that, that fraction of a second is that impression. So we are relying upon that frequency of message, right? Um, as, as for the work that I see come through, the, the best work is always the most simple. Um, it's, it breaks my heart when I see good media campaigns obviously um perhaps being hurt by by the creative and i know the creative people listening are, are probably uh, have their own views on the media <laughs> choice so um the, you know the old age a tale as old uh, as time yeah exactly exactly but you know you you do see ads that come through where there's a lot of text a lot of heavy text um they try and educate and you know there is a time and place and i mentioned the contextual relevancy you know if you're in the back of a taxi digital screen, you've got that dwell time. If you're waiting for the train on a platform, you've got that dwell time. So there is a time and place for that kind of message. But, you know, in the traditional sense, you do still see, um, you know, not, not so great stuff. Uh, likewise, you do see some brilliant stuff. Um, um, last week, there was a, a video game um, that came out called Diablo 4. And, uh, you know, the, the game itself is about... Um, you know, demons and and hell and and all these these kind of stuff. Well, in uh, in New York, they had a, an outdoor poster and it said "Welcome to Hell, New York." And yeah. obviously, you had the backdrop with the the ash and everything that was happening in the sky. And that one photo went viral. And you know, it's a it was just a simple ad. It was nothing. You know, you look you look at the ad in on on perhaps on on the screen and you wouldn't think much of it but when you add in that contextual relevancy um it's 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 powerful so again that's something that we try and educate um clients with um 
that logo size is absolutely critical as well in these things. I think sometimes we try and be too artsy with out of home ads too, you know, too intricate. We want to win some kind of award with it, but the most impactful ads are always the most simple. You know, I, um, couldn't agree more on the context, um, of, of the out of home ad and how much more punch it delivers. Um, and I also think about some of the most iconic campaigns, at least that come to my mind, um, and how they were executed in the, in the out of home space. Um, and it was, I think when brands thought outside of the standard, um, real estate that's available to them. And so two examples that come to mind, I'd love to get your comments on this. Um, back in the day, maybe 2007, 2008, HSBC, I uh, decided that they wanted to become this truly global consumer bank. Um, and their agency, I was actually working there, um, developed the world's local bank um, kind of brand brand platform. And where I think the genius was, is was in unlocking the airport um, jet bridge or jetway um, yeah. as an asset. And regardless of where you arrived in the world, if HSBC was there, they were their brand was in the jetway. The first thing that was greeting you, and that con connection to globalization. Um, was so so strong that even as they decided to roll back their global ambitions other banks have stepped in and it's almost to a to a fold that now you can land in turkey or japan or somewhere else and you will see a local bank copy and paste that same thing um and basically have that as an asset um and the other one that comes to mind i think that predates even even this example is goodyear with their blimps which is amazing like you you don't even say blimp anymore you just say the goodyear blimp and i've read recently that they are actually buying a few more of these blimps because they see this as a powerful no pun intended vehicle for their brand um outside of even the us they're going to have more of a global presence with uh with these things so as you think about these examples and maybe others come to mind for you um what's your what are your thoughts on sort of these unique pieces of real estate that contribute to the context that contribute to the brand, maybe um, having a longer staying power than something that might be incredibly overproduced, like you said, and just be a feature on, on the billboards of the Piccadilly Circus digital screens, you know, for a few weeks. Yeah. I'm glad you um, spoke about HSBC world's local bank. That's, that's one of my favorite ads. Um, and you're absolutely spot on that that just genius idea which was a simple idea right i mean it wasn't without disrespect to those that created it it wasn't rocket science but at the same time it was phenomenally brilliantly executed and yeah you're right you could hop on a flight to spain and you know head back home to london you've seen the same ad it doesn't matter where you are and i tell you who i think is similar to that today um, if you go on your travels and I know everyone says it, it's like an interview question, isn't it? What's your favorite outdoor ad? And everyone says Apple. Um, but it is with good reason that, you know, the, the shot on iPhone or, 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 you know, whatever it might be with Apple, there is consistency there globally. And it's not just consistency of, 
of the creative is actually consistency of the site selections. If you, if you look at an Apple ad, if wherever you are, no matter what city you are, there's always the same traits. It's always uncluttered. It's always head on panels. It's, it's always either the largest size unit. I guess they got the funds for it, but it's always the largest size unit um, in each city. And, and for me, that's a good example of not just good creative, but where the actual DNA of that marketing campaign is so unique to Apple that a bit like the HSBC example, it, it, it becomes a, almost a thing in itself. It, it becomes, you know, quite a, a, a you know, a, an interesting campaign. One, another one that springs to mind and, and Alex, you'll probably remember this, but uh, Jack Daniels in the UK, um, they had the um, subway or, or tube uh, cross track, uh, posters and they would tell a story about Jack Daniels and when I left the UK that was a 16 year perm and I presume it's still going on now and you know telling the story of of Jack and its heritage and, and everything about it um, became quite synonymous with the tube like people started to think of the tube uh, and when they thought of ads it was Jack Daniels and so there are definitely examples out there where um, you can create a, a, a blueprint, a, a DNA of of your own brand through the actual media selection itself. Um, so yeah, the, the the other example you mentioned that the, the blimps, yes, again, a great example. There's there's a there's a lot of examples like that in in you know, globally for sure. I think one of the things that we are now seeing, and and all these examples that we've mentioned talk about that contextual relevancy. That's where digital is now at last becoming what it was always intended to be. When digital first came onto the scene, digital out of home, I, would, I should clarify there, uh, when it first came onto the scene, um, we didn't really know what to do with it other than the criticisms of you're sharing with other advertisers, why would I bother, I want the poster, because we were just putting up static ads. Uh, now we are personalizing those ads to those cities, to those zip codes. Uh, we're talking about sports scores there was a campaign i worked on for fox sports for the fifa world cup um that you know every day every hour was bringing fresh information in around team selections updated scores the highlights of the game next match and all this kind of stuff which just wasn't possible so that's where we're heading or that's where we are at the moment um and i think those examples that you mentioned sort of summarize that as well i think that's quite a good Good shout. Yeah, I think I think this is a great segue into the next question we had is, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about what, what traditional outdoor is or was, I guess, but it's it's evolved more and it's got more sophisticated even in the last like three to four years. You can do, um, you can geofence billboards so that if someone walks past, they get a digital, you know, a mobile ad later um like you said you can do uh dynamic creative based on time of day weather plugging in your own um you know first party data through apis um you can buy programmatically now um i would love to get your perspective on what's real what's good what ain't so good like what what are we thinking about for the for the modern marketer who is coming up with you know these plans and what should you be thinking about you know, outside of just like great creative in a high impact static app. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, 
and this is the same for all media channels, right? What I'm about to say here, but same thing for out of home. Um, I think we sometimes get a little bit lost with out of home on this next point. Um, but when I go and speak to a, a sales house, a media owner, they are not selling me a panel. And I always remind that to my team as well. We are not buying panels. We are buying audience and they are selling audience. And that is our goal is understanding the mindset of that particular audience at that moment. You know, an audience driving on the 405 freeway uh, is going to feel very different to an audience uh, at security check-in around an airport versus someone who's in a bar, right? So, you know, for us, it's it's understanding that audience and, and thinking of that that site selection. Um, digital, as, as I've mentioned on the, on the previous chat, has, has obviously changed things, and you've mentioned some other things there, Alex, like like programmatic, which is, of course, the next big thing in out of home. And I say next big thing, it's it's happening now. I mean, the, the, the growth of that area um, is huge in out of home. Um, there is absolutely a, a need for programmatic. I think we've seen great success with it. Uh, it is effectively buying an audience, right? And, and the way it works in kind of a very sort of top end layman's terms is that we are looking at uh, an aggregation of, of cellular data um, you know, so it's all um, unidentifiable in terms of individuals, but the, the aggregation of, of data over a 30 day period, give or take and, and understanding those patterns. And so, for example, one gas station and the digital media that you can buy at a gas station might show that the audience has um, recently been going to electric vehicle stands as well as they have been elsewhere. So then you start thinking, well, is that audience therefore you know, is there an electric vehicle in that in that family or, or or whatever it might be? And so then you can start planning around that. And so there's some insights there that that we didn't have before. And there's a lot of interesting things there that um, that we can tap into. However, um, it's a compliment. It's a compliment to traditional out of home, and that is really important. That and it goes back to that very first point I said around not forgetting what outdoor is, not forgetting that it's mass reach, not forgetting that 80% of the US has seen an outdoor ad in the last month, not forgetting that, you know, there are literal billions of impressions delivered to out of home. Programmatic is a layer of targeted audience buying um, that is absolutely important and it has its place, just like contextually relevant uh, ads as you know should always be important you know i'm really talking about digital out of home should always be important to an outdoor ad just like a you know your billboard down the end of the street that you see every day is just as important and so i'd say to marketers who are coming in perhaps juniors who are coming into the industry you're going to be presented a lot around programmatic and you're going to be presented a lot around some flashy stunty idea in out of home that, you know, you should do. And don't get me wrong. There is, you know, absolute time and place for that, but, um, it's getting the balance, right. And it's and that's really where, again, the likes of my team have to try and educate the, the, the clients around that. Craig is bigger, better in out of home. Question back. When you say bigger, do you mean physicality or do you mean, in terms of campaign size, um, I think let's 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 say physicality and also um, 
kind of domination, just to use to use that term. Um, I I, I yeah. go back to my time working in the UK in London and uh, remembering the head of Kantar. That sounds right. They're out of home agency from WP. Yeah. Uh, talking about how if you wanted to launch a brand or if you wanted to launch something for a brand, you you must take over those huge digital screens on that freeway motorway leading from London to Heathrow. And you better take yeah. over all of them if you wanted to uh, pack a punch. So like, is that is that does that hold true still today? Like, do you want to go for the biggest possible screens and the most repetition if you're trying to achieve awareness? Yeah, no, it's a, it is important, um, and I, I, I'm trying not to say the next phrase because I feel say like it. say it. It's going to make say me sound it. like a dinosaur, say and it. I don't want to sound like a dinosaur. But, <laughs> but you know, when you think of the the classic seventy twenty ten rule, right? That the kind of in terms of budget of let's we can change the numbers, but bear with me on this one. Let's say it's seventy percent on your traditional ad, and and. Um, you know, your, your billboards, your bus shelters, your three Bs, right? And then your 20% might be on digital and, and kind of up in that. And I guess in today's world, that absolutely could be higher, that budget, because there is so much digital. And then you've got that 10%, which is exactly as you mentioned, that kind of big, impactful, huge cut-through site that is going to dominate a freeway. The reality is they are hugely expensive. I mean, you know, put it this way for one unit and I, and, I'm, and I won't give exact numbers. I kind of give rate card here so that I'm not in trouble if I'm giving away any, uh, <laughs> no trade numbers, but, um, you know, one unit in times square can on rate card cost up to, you know, 250,000 for a, for a, a month. Uh, and that's sharing with other advertisers. Let's be clear on that as well. Uh, for that same money, I could literally, uh, you know, do a very, very good campaign in LA. Um, and so we have to have perspective around kind of the impact part from what it delivers, because my argument is this, is that those who see it in the moment, um, sure, they might have a different engagement factor. The quality of the impression um, is is certainly higher because it's, it's more eye-catching. But the reality of that as well is that dare I say the outdoor results won't be good because you know you've managed to buy five or six champion sites which look great hanging on a CEO's wall and a photograph <laughs> um, but that same CEO will be annoyed when you know the objectives haven't been met um, so yeah it, it does have a place I just think again it's the balance it's the mix it's making sure that we understand when, where, and how, how to use it. Craig, I'm, I'm going to get us back in a second to the question of um, how to think about out of home in terms of its um, uh, contribution to the overall goals. You just touched on that for a second um, and how to measure that, etc. But for me, especially when I think about these big breakthrough executions, but also maybe some of the uh, more standard ones, how... Can you talk about the role of the creative, um, of the creative team in that? Because there is, it's it's sort of hard to replicate um, outside of those um, those um, assets um, into into other formats, into other channels. It's it's pretty custom to to the um, to the channel that is out of home, and especially if we're talking about um, both digital and static um, units that might be 
kind of bespoke, unique, but breakthrough. So when when you represent the brand, when you sit down with the creative team and they're thinking about all the deliverables they have to think about, talk talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the, that process so that those who are listening to us can also appreciate that if they're deciding to consider out of home, like there probably has to be a pretty separate track um, that um, mm. that is devoted to the creative process. Yeah, there is. There absolutely is. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's that saying, you know, no, no such thing as a bad idea. Like, you know, ev everyone can get involved. And some of the best creative ideas that I've seen come from media people who work, you know, in out of home that, that, um, you know, may not have a creative bone in their body in terms of drawing or, 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 or copywriting, but the actual idea is, is spot on. And so, the process of, of where I've seen it work effectively is when the creative team, uh, usually, you know, with the guidance, of course, of, of the media agency, but when the creative team and the out of home team sit together on the same briefing and, um, you know, we will normally take the direction, the lead on this is the creative, right? They will give us that direction, but it's those creative folks who are more, than happy to maybe accept a, a different um, tweak in idea if it works for out of home. So um, I think a good example of that perhaps that we're seeing a lot of at the moment is the 3D anamorphic uh, screens or the creative that you're seeing everywhere at the moment. Um, there, there, there's two mindsets to this. There's the mindset where someone somewhere client whether it be client side or, or creative side says i've seen this it's cool let's do it and so the media you know the outdoor person in that scenario just goes and books a, a big screen right and there's there's not much thought to it where it does work well is when we start thinking of again contextually relevancy and actually what the outdoor team can add to it to, to make it um a, a far more interesting um, piece that goes above and beyond just the screen you know is there going to be people on the ground that's 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 part of this activation um, is there going to be like a you know a, a, a viral video that can support what's going on and, and all the rest of it and so it's that engagement with the creative team that that is really important um, dare I say it, I think some clients and some agencies are better at this than others I think some are, are sort of door wide open and everyone's welcome and you know that's great and that's where the best work is and i think sometimes there are those clients or agencies where um there's a little bit of protectionism around creative there's a little bit of like this is our role this is your role and dare i say it, ideas get get stifled there so um yeah well, talk me through how something uh like how the following scenario may have um taken shape between um between a creative maybe a vendor maybe the media agency, just how, how the, they may have come together to do something that is fairly bespoke. Um, you probably know the lookup campaign from British Airways. Um, it's uh, yeah. for, our, for our listeners, it's a pretty simple and all these executions are the best when they're like the simplest. Um, a child, um, I think it started with a baby on a billboard at, uh, in Piccadilly Circus um, who would just kind of hang out there and as a BA plane would fly over, he would point up and 
it would just say, oh, there's a flight to Ibiza or New York or whatever. I think the brief from BA to Ogilvy was have um, um, kind of reintroduced the sense of wonder and the sense of like this um, wonder around travel and uh, have it be seen through like child's eyes. And they've re replicated this since, I think, into like the M25 towers and other places. Um, it sounds to me like there was um, there were new technical um, features introduced into this concept with maybe geolocation, maybe some other things. How does an idea like this come together where maybe it's never been done before? It uses some of the existing real estate uh, and it kind of, it comes to life like that. Yeah, I think that, I know the campaign you speak of and, and um, the fact that we're still talking about it 20 years, I don't want to show our age here, 15 years, whatever it is. Um, that wasn't that long ago, was it? It was. Uh, it probably it was. Like 2014, 2013. I, I was. I, yeah, uh, ten years. years. A decade. It's okay, been a decade. In a decade. There you God, go. Um, <laughs> it it kind of depresses me a little bit though that we're still talking about it, and I think that's the other problem there. Like with with the fact that we all know that so well, which demonstrates the brilliance of that campaign. But I can't think of really anything like that mm -hmm. since. And. Um, that, that is kind of disheartening. And I think something like that comes along where there's a truth to that, to the campaign objective, right? That the truth is, you know, we fly everywhere type thing and, and, and out of home again is contextually relevant. It, you're outdoors. It's, it, it's that connection immediately. I obviously didn't work on that campaign. My assumption is though that, you know, the creative team explained that truth at, at its heart, what this was about to the out of home team and, and they had to think about it. Um, I'm not going to make, uh, uh, an assumption on that particular campaign. And this might be disheartening as well to hear for, for some of the listeners, but a lot of these campaigns, um, are also faked. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there, there isn't always, um, coding that, that goes behind every single flight and, and, you know, understanding what's going on. Sometimes it can be a manual thing that, you know, the plane is is coming over and we can see it coming and we're going to hit the button and the ad is mm -hmm. going to play. What is genius about it is that is that they film and get the viral video. I know, for example, again, another one that comes to mind, the Pepsi Max um, bus shelter campaign. There's AR. It was kind of the first time that augmented reality was used and, um, you know, things were coming out the ground, monsters or, or, or whatever it might have been, um, was being displayed as if the billboard, uh, sorry, as if the bus shelter was see-through. Um, brilliant campaign, got millions and millions of views on, on YouTube. Uh, they were all actors, right? I mean, it was filmed too good for it, for it to not be that way. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay because we are, we are here creating a truth to, to, to the, the media campaign and how that gets delivered, whether that's through social media, whether that's with out of home doing its part, or whether that's some tech that's, that's perhaps not quite as techy as, as sometimes we're all led to believe that's just the power of out of home. And I think, um, you know, we can get hung up on sometimes the how than just the final output. Um, cause that's, what's really important of course is, is that final output. Um, I think, I think one and of I the say nicest things experience. about, I have works on a Sorry, I, Alex. I'd say one of the nicest things about creative and out of home is when you can get something that's traditionally seen as like a static, a not contextually um, relevant piece. Because you, you know you've you've all seen the someone buys you know a national thing and they put a national ad in everything. 
and people really appreciate and love it when there's something more specific to them and like it's like a local in joke when you when you can get it right and i think the ba one did something great which was you know even if it is faked it still captured people's attention because it took a a piece of media that is traditionally not used to interact with its surroundings and and a flight which is you know whilst regularly on time maybe sometimes isn't and you can't say it exactly this time it's going to fly over you can get schedules and you can time how long it takes a plane to fly from Heathrow to be at that vantage point and film it but it's like the wonder that people see like that's a really fun way to use a piece of real estate that is traditionally very underutilized and i think that's yeah. great and then you can get them really wrong like uber did a, a a local campaign in san francisco and they they did a, they bought a bunch out in sfo and they basically said welcome to san fran which is a absolute no-no for anyone who is you know lived in or from san francisco and then they said get to the mission with uber and had a picture of the ferry building so it can really backfire if you do no research on a on a local campaign in order to be able to appear local yeah you uh i was just i was i was hoping we was gonna get onto the subject of of uh bad contextually relevant ads and, and <laughs> let's do it i think it i think it i think it demonstrates again the point about out of home and its power and its impact on people and it comes back to this point that out of home a lot of research has shown this is one of the most trustworthy mediums out there and a lot of that is down to for me, it's, it's, it's a tangible product, right? It's, it's something that you can touch and feel in the physical world. You can go up to it. And it's real. And, and if a brand is on that billboard, there's got to be something about them that, that you know, is also real, right? It's, 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 it's there and, and, and in our community. Um, unfortunately, there are occasions where uh, things go wrong. Um, one of my favorite, a um, bit dark humor, but was uh, in the UK, um, when the walking dead came out um the poor media planner <laughs> didn't know where he or she uh planned that campaign but it was uh next to a funeral parlor so you can imagine uh people going in um and and obviously having a walking dead poster next to them um it was I, either really badly planned or a genius piece of buying to get genius. that viral yeah, view. Was, <laughs> one way or the other um I, I mean, this is the thing as well. Out of home does have a lot of um, guidance and 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 um, self censorship around what we can and can't do. One of the strict things that we have a lot of the time is around schools, around religious religious establishments, you know, mosques, churches, etc., where we you know, won't have alcohol or you know, the, a lot of the time the creative is not allowed to have you know a gun pointing out towards the audience it has to be by the side or, or whatever it might be a lot of the media owners will run this but some of the stuff that we don't do is think of all the other things that could go wrong i mean i've worked on a campaign um i won't say the client other than to say it was a uh, a child's um tv channel should we say that i was doing a campaign for and um it turned out i had no idea that one of my one of my 
thousand units was on top of a strip club and this was in London. And <laughs> how was I to know that? Like there was no way of me knowing that. And that got pulled very quickly. Um, so there's always examples of, of things that, that, that go wrong. Um, you know, another one I did, uh, for a drinks brand, again, I won't mention who, um, but the, um, the slogan said, earn it on the side, um, big, big uh, letters and, and all the rest of it. Um, great campaign, great creative, got a letter from the advertising standards agency, um, sent to my desk. I didn't know how they found out who I was. Um, but there I was <laughs> and, to you, um, addressed to it, Craig Barber addressed to Craig Barber. Yeah. <laughs> at, uh, at uh, a big agency at the time. And, um, turned out that this ad was directly opposite, um, uh, an alcohol, uh, alcoholic anonymous rehab center. And so Ooh. they were walking out and the first thing they saw was this, you know, can of beer that said, earn it. Um, obviously we, we took that down and, and we donated the money of that to, to that particular center, but they're the kind of things that, you know, we talk about the good stuff and, and dare I say some of the bad stuff, but the, the point is proven that out of home causes an, an emotion in, in people. It causes a reaction. It, it's the thing that people talk about. And I mentioned that Diablo ad, it, it's the thing that I see on Reddit. It's, no disrespect to, to my fellow colleagues in, in media, but I've never had someone really come to me and say, have you seen this digital ad? Well, that's, um, <laughs> I think, I think that that's exactly the point of, uh, how we started the show, re recalling our conversations with other guests who are mostly tuned into digital advertising. There's very little that's memorable that comes out of, you know, one way or the other for good or for bad. It's very transactional. It's very in the moment. It's very unique and it's also not a shared experience right so you we're conditioned to think and understand that a digital ad that alex saw might not be the ad that i'll ever see but we all see the billboards yeah right and uh in that i think is um yeah. is the kind of the secret sauce of that medium yeah one, yeah, one more one more great ad that i remember seeing was um for in it was a bbc program called dracula and um, I follow this artist who's actually a massive Arsenal fan and actually did a lot of the work on the stadium redesign. So Craig, you'll be happy to know that. Mm. Um, he works at the BBC and the idea was um, during the day, it's a bunch of like stakes, like uh, you know, garden stakes that used to kill Dracula on a billboard. And then as the sun goes down and the lights go on, the stakes cast a shadow into the silhouette of Dracula hmm. and you know we'll never be able to see it in its in its reality but just images of it videos of it the reaction to people of it online you know it's the ingenuity of taking a, a static billboard and doing something that's different that people don't expect and I think you know as one of the as one of the ads that I remember the most of I think it's I think it's brilliant yeah I'm almost bored of saying it, but that's another great example of contextual relevancy. Yeah. And that is for me in out of home is one of the, is one of the things that, that we have, if you like, over other media channels, the someone sitting at a desk online, you can absolutely check out and, and, and understand the behavioral patterns. Once you see the data, once you see where they've been, once you kind of understand what they've clicked on and, and you know followed that journey. But the thing with out of home 
is that we can make a pretty good guess of what people are going to be thinking and doing in that moment. You know, I, I kind of know someone's mindset when I advertise in a sports stadium. I kind of know what someone's mindset is going to be when they're in a shopping mall. Um, I kind of know what it's going to be at rush hour on the freeway. And so that's what the challenge for us is to emphasize that point more and more to, to clients so that the creative, and it's sort of gone full circle here, that the creative is is tapping into that because it's a very powerful thing that, that we have. So, yeah. Yeah. So we we just spent a good chunk of this show recalling some of our most memorable executions for good or for bad. Um, and yet we're in a place now where marketers and brand leads are asking, yeah, but what, what's the attributable ROI, you know, like, how are you going to prove to me that it works? Even though intuitively we all know that it's maybe the only medium or one of the few that can build an emotional connection in the context, in place, in time. How do you answer that, Craig? How do you, how do you talk about ROI, um, to, to marketers who are so conditioned at this point uh, to look at their Facebook or Google dashboards and say, ah, I drove X number of sales from this ad campaign. CPMs, video complete rates, cost per acquisition, lifetime value, it's all there on a dashboard. Yeah, it is all there on a dashboard. And um, look, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. Out of home, as I say, from 10 years ago, when it comes to things like this, the, the, the ROI, the attribution, it's a different place. We, we are in a very good place now that we can deliver more, more proof, if you like, that out of home is effective. I think you, you're right. We, we all know it works, right? We all, we all see the kind of the output in, in viral videos or, or, or Reddit posts or whatever. We, we know out of home works. And, and I think from the client side, they also know it works. But at the end of the day, if I spend X dollar in out of home, what do I get back as X dollar? Um, we've, I mean, there's a question there more for, for, for the econometrics, econ, I can't even say the word econ, econometricians. Is that the word? Um, on, on the, on the call who probably answer that better than I can, but there's kind of three things that we can measure. Um, we can measure brand metrics, um, which is, you know, looking at perception, awareness, you know, purchase intent. And that is normally done through, through brand surveys so that can be delivered the great thing obviously with a cellular you know cellular device that we have on us we can actually see when someone has been in and around the ad itself so we can start creating control groups those who haven't seen the ad um before i say 10 years ago that would have been a bit more you know just shoot it out there and see what comes back type thing so there's a lot more targeted in that sense we can look at store visits so if there are brands that are um you know has has a retail footprint or you know if they're a qsr you know um you know, fast food restaurant we can actually look at those who have gone to a, a location where the store is having been subjected to the out of home um and then the final thing which is getting a little bit more intricate is actually um you know, looking at that that conversion and and you know you can start tapping into um, IP addresses and, and sort of understanding, you know, those who might tune into a, a TV show or do it, perhaps a, a mobile app download or, or whatever it might be. Um, so that's kind of the good part that I'm explaining it. That's the bit that, um, we can do now and, you know, we can provide that information and, and certainly give robustness there and programmatic in particular is another thing, um, where we can start looking 
at that. The the biggest concern, if I have one still, and it is still a, a, a challenge for us, is that a lot of the media agencies have models that were built on data that, dare I say, is quite old now. And out of home doesn't even get on the plan or the budgets are quite low yeah. because of the things that you're talking about, because of yeah. the things of, well, it's a... It's low ROI. And so Alheim's not really given a chance. And when it does run, rarely does it run on its own because, you know, there's a big TV campaign or a big print campaign or whatever it might be digital with it. So, you know, you're in a situation of how do I separate the out of home? And also, how do I make sure that that we are giving it a good shot? If I had a client that came to me and the point you mentioned as well about impact sites if i had a client that says i've bought five impact sites in la can you measure the roi i could pretty much say with confidence you're probably not going to get much at all because of your your awareness let's not again forget what outdoor is it's it's mass mm -hmm. awareness as well and um it's is a bit of a chicken and egg scenario it's better it's better than it's ever been but we haven't quite cracked it and i would well, it's a question for you both. You, you work on the media agency side. You you had those decision-making moments where you dictated how much went out of home and, and how much didn't. So that's my question to you, I guess. Back, what, what put out of home in the percentage share that, that you decided it? What were you looking at as information and data to support, you know, your, your decisions? I mean, my my reaction to this is uh, you you also have to be attuned to what the client um, is going to think if you come back with a certain distribution of dollars. And I think, Alex, you and I have talked about this a lot, but um, the shift the shift to not just digital and not even performance marketing, but very let's call it easy data-driven marketing like what google can offer and what facebook can offer um has taken a lot of the creativity i think out of media planning in general mm -hmm. right i'm not even talking about creativity out of advertising but even out of media planning um before facebook and google dominated the media spend budgets um you actually had a lot of room to uh, introduce new publishers new kind of creative types and i think clients were much more open to seeing something that's out of the box and uh, may not necessarily align with their preconceived notions of what of, of what um, an ad plan or a media plan would look like. Nowadays, um, if you're coming in with something like that, they're going to question your sanity. Um, and, right. and, 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 and it's, it's unfortunate. I think I think we see an evolution of these marketers going from like, no, it's just performance marketing to at some point they tap out because there is only so much you can harvest from the bottom of that funnel. And then they start moving up and invariably they arrive at this idea that they need to start investing into out of home. But there is a lot of that, of, of that bias that I think puts pressure on how much money you can direct into, into out of home. And you have to start speaking the language of, well, you can buy it programmatically and you can actually like scale it across the markets, um, you know, along with the rest of your media campaign. But again, it 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 takes the sizzle out of its um, out of the impact and can deliver. Alex, I don't know what's your I mean, you've, you've spoken to a lot of um, clients also in your in your time. How how would you respond to this question from Craig? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what the client goal is. If it's if if what the client cares about is results and you know getting the cost per acquisition, getting the sale, you know, what is the conversions, and they're all in the numbers, and they are on the hook for delivering specifics, then I don't think out of home is going to make it anywhere near that plan. But if you've got a client who is understands media planning or at least understands marketing and they have to build a brand and they have to like get a, get a new product, new feature out to a wide number of people because they're able to do, you know, more national, they can do more broad media, then it probably is going to be on the plan. Um, and I just think you've got to figure out who you, which clients you trust to have your back. So mm. I think that's, that's kind of where I would go. I would, I, I, what, what I'm hearing sorry what i was going to say what i'm hearing maybe a little bit there is uh are we both saying here that maybe some of the artistry has been lost in media yeah. planning and yeah yeah i think artistry has been lost and i think um i would say that performance marketing is not a substitute for marketing yeah and 100 and unfortunately i think it's become a it's become a little too dominant for the good of the brands and for the good of the ecosystem um, that's kind of that supports uh, these brands abilities to reach their audiences. I, I think we, we lose the ability to talk to people who might want to put a brand into a consideration set because we're so hyper-focused on reaching them on a one-to-one -one basis that we are mm. missing out just swaths of the potential consumer populations uh, by ignoring out of home, by ignoring print, by ignoring TV, um, yeah, it's uh, the artistry has been lost, and in 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 the flexibility in in the thinking has been um, reduced. I think. Yeah, I think I think it's um, not to be derogative of you know less attributable media, but you either can be efficient or you can be famous because you're not going to get a, you're not going to be famous through one to one ads, but. I don't think you can be truly like a reportable, attributable, efficient by just using using outdoor or you know TV and print, unless you've got a big fat QR code on there or a you know TV ten code to to you know, drive that attribution. But I think yeah, it's um it it's not it's not what it used to be. And if you've got a client or if you've got an agency that needs to hit numbers to retain budget, you're gonna do the thing that makes you more secure in your in your role whether wherever you are craig um kind of a, a pivot on this on this topic a little bit but we, we we we've talked to a lot of marketers from smaller brands we're talking about like about the direct-to-consumer brands maybe companies that have budgets in the very low millions um for the course of the year primarily they spend it in digital but their ambition is still is still to build their brand um can out can out of home be a consideration for them um, specifically for that? You know, can they should they um, think about out of home along alongside some limited print, alongside some other uh, types of things, uh, or is it just too expensive um, to dip your toes into and try and test it? Yeah, great great question. Um, so out out of home in the US. Um, as a market share of other media is about 4%. Um, and about half of that is what we would consider, you know, the national advertisers, the, the big blue chip clients. The other half is local. Um, 
and a lot of those local advertisers uh, do invest in out of home for good reason. And it, it really goes back to that community point that we we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, you can do proximity to to certain locations, and you can kind of dominate. You know, a small part of a city or or, or town. Um, you know, with with you know some highly targeted piece. So, yes, you can. Likewise, the the format choice. Let's let's be clear here. Like I said earlier, we we speak about um, you know uh, billboards and and the three Bs, but the reality is there is so much out there now that that you can tap into. I could, you could, anyone on this call could actually go online now and buy themselves a digital ad. Um, people did it in the GameStop. Um, you know, to the moon, uh, you know, stock buying when people were buying um, ads then and, and sort of having them up in the moment. So, yeah, there was absolutely a place for it. Um, this is an anecdotal story that I share. Um, I wish I had a source for it, but it was something that was told to me. I'm just going to say it's true and we'll mm-hmm. go with that. But Don't let the truth get in the way um, of a good story, Craig. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those that gets passed down um, through generations. So, um, Apparently, there's a story that McDonald's and uh, Burger King were, were it's in the UK, pretty much next door to each other as a restaurant. And there was a um, phone kiosk, which, fair to say, Alex, phone kiosks in London, and, and of course, you've been there as well, but not always the prettiest of media, the way you say it. Yep. Um, and McDonald's had a perm on that for, for years and years and years. And um, they decided they were going to get rid of it. And it was literally outside the restaurant. And Burger King snapped it up immediately. And apparently the, the sales for, for Burger King went up something like, you know, five or 10% from the moment they got that unit right outside. Uh, and apparently McDonald's sales went, dipped a little bit. Um, and it's this idea that, you know, people are hungry and it's an impulsive purchase, right? It's something that you decide almost in the moment than you do, you know, you don't pre-plan to go to McDonald's or, or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's a good example of how one unit, one poster can make a difference to a business. And I use that as McDonald's and Burger King, but, you know, imagine your local business or imagine you're, you know, aiming to get into market. Um, as long as you've got effective planning behind it, and that is, again, what the likes of, you know, us on the call do here, you can make a, a big difference to, to business. So um, absolutely, I, I think a lot of the myths in out of home is that it's really expensive and it's a high CPM. Um, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Don't get me wrong. If you're taking over San Francisco, that's going to be um, more yeah, expensive. pricier than <laughs> um, taking over some other things. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's open there. It's, it's for people, for, for all types of brands. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's great advice, and I think that in certain cases, like in the case with McDonald's and Burger King that you described, a single placement um, done well can can have an impact. Um, one last anecdote for me from from my early agency days, but I was in New York um, working at Ogilvy. They had a big building on the west side, an ad network in Q four at the end of Q four bought a single billboard that was angled towards the building, but specifically on the side where the media team sat. And in those days, um, clients would have budgets that they had to spend before they lost them at the end of Q4. And (laughs) what happened routinely during those last 
few weeks is you would get a call from a big blue chip brand and they said, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend. Can you spend it? And you turn around and it said, have last minute budgets to spend, interclick. <laughs> and uh, and we all we all called them because it was so it, they were speaking to us through the windows from that billboard. And I talked to the founder. Um, he can um, he can validate the story since. But I think on a fifty or seventy five thousand dollar spend, they made a few million in wow. in 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 return just from that one one billboard because they just dominated the mind share of those people who were challenged with that idea you know a good problem to have for all but you know that's that's the power of contextual relevancy in the time and space great story yeah we'll, we'll never get the we make it to the dashboards at some point but i, I mean at the end of this i i just feel like a lot of people discount outdoor because you don't have the really, really like truly granular detailed accuracy on the contribution to your sales or whatever it is. But everyone knows and everyone feels it when an app when when out of home is done well. And I think you, you can look at holdout studies and you can look at, you know, sort of just like how how your you know your sales perform or how your awareness performs. And I feel like you can really point to outdoor as a really effective use of your dollars as a, as part of your media mix. And I think your media mix is better because of it. I think it goes back to things that we're talking about. It's like much better. Uh, you know, you got really distilled creative thinking. You've got that shared experience. You've got it as something that you see day in, day out for a month. And that's a, that's a lot of time day in, day out for a month. If you've got a static, you know, billboard, it is. It's. It's a. It's a really powerful tool of of advertising. Even if you're in the performance space, and you're, you know, all you're doing is like trying to drive mobile app installs or higher um, basket uh, average orders and you know more frequent you know subscriptions or whatever it is. It's a way that you can get a message out to a lot of people, and maybe you can't track that it drove 50 installs on Tuesday at four o'clock, but you can really see the sort of the broader impact on you as a brand. And if you want to build a brand, I think this kind of goes back to the question you spoke about nearer the beginning of when smaller, you know, performance based or performance started startups, they start to buy outdoor to, cause they went from performance where it was all about driving sales and not building a brand to becoming a commodity. And you build a brand yeah. through, you know, shared thinking um being out there like even just the act of buying a billboard you know we just talked about it's it's easy for anyone to buy but it's harder than buying a digital ad and just the just the fact that you can go out there and you've got more advertising standards you've got more regulations around what you can and cannot do which you don't you kind of have in digital but not really you know once the ad is yeah. gone it's gone so i just feel like it's it's just a it's a piece of media that is it's overlooked for the wrong reasons yeah, that's uh, depressing to hear you say, but I'll try and end <laughs> that with a, a a positive in that the OAAA, which is the trade body um, for out of home, uh, worked with Nielsen and um, talking about the ROI and it's maybe perhaps not the granular detail that you're speaking of, Alex, but um, out of home 
is proven to prime other channels uh, and, and amplify them than any other media. So as a as a kind of a combo deal, if you like, that out of home, you know, with mobile, apparently mobile performs over three hundred percent more once out of home is involved. Um, I need that know, stat. Done... I've got a presentation coming up. Can I? Can I? Can you send me a slide on you that? You can. You can have that. I, I will. <laughs> I will put that over to you. Apparently, two hundred twelve percent for social media. Um, so it, the, the 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 data is there. Um, I've always used the phrase that out of home is the visual shortcut to your media campaign. And what I mean by that is if you're running digital campaign, if you're running, you know, a, a, a TV ad that's 30 seconds out of home is that visual shortcut that, that allows your audience to quickly um, understand what's going on. And, and, you know, the final thing I would add on that is that out of home drives um, the secondary action when it's used. So when it's not used, you know, you aren't seeing, um yeah as many activations people engaging um you know than than they would if they were just looking at, at, at yeah, instagram or, or or twitter or whatever it might be we are seeing that outdoor drives that secondary action what we are still struggling to say as an industry is that outdoor delivers on average this roi based on this category or or based on this length of time um we always go back to the lesbonet the long and short of it, you know, the long and short of it, case studies that they did, which looked at hundreds upon hundreds. God knows how long that is now. That's probably 12 years or something. That's probably going to scare me if I look it up. But again, it's another great example of, of you know, time in the market you know, beats the market for, for, for marketing. And out of home has shown that those who invest in outdoor, those brands that continue to support outdoor, even when things you know, the market, you know, there's a recession or whatever it might be that actually sales remain strong and that they aren't having to, to undercut. Now, I'm not going to say that's all down to outdoor, but there is definitely some sort of parity there. So a bit of end on a positive there, Alex. I'll end on a positive. <laughs> all right. I got one more, one more for you. Uh, we'll keep it, we'll keep it short. The future of outdoor so we've talked previously, I think in the last time you were on the show, we talked about the um, out-of-home style placements within stadiums. So like NHL and MLB have the real-time ad augmentation by broadcasters so they can show different ads and different geos based on yeah. whoever's, you know, bas- basically selling the same ad space 10 times, making way more money. Um, you know, And that's done without in- impacting the picture or the... Or the uh, uh, of the content at all, so you don't even you don't even notice it. Incredible stuff. Um, what cool thing is coming to add a home in like one, five, ten years time? And will we ever have personalized one to one out of home like in Minority Report? <laughs> like in Minority Report, I think that's I basically that, telling the future. I think I, yeah, I think I put that in my job interview when I first joined media. Um, <laughs> Maybe maybe I was a little bit too old. I don't know. Um, one to five to ten years. Let's talk about the future, the immediate future. One year. Um, programmatic is still in its infancy. That's going to get more uh, intricate. We're going to find that out-of-home inventory is going to exist uh, more and more online, and that is in terms of its availability. Um, what we are lacking at the moment is more infrastructure. And so what I mean by that is that having real-time availability from every media owner that is updated in real time is is really what, what needs to happen. Um, 
we're getting there. I don't think that's, dare I say, it probably won't be in the next year in all honesty. But, you know, this idea that programmatic can be bought at a click of a button, we mentioned earlier that it's at the moment down to like a 30-day give or take aggregate, or we could look at maybe the last five days. I think you're going to see those lead times get squashed down and we're going to start being able to buy out of home more reactionary to what's happening. Uh, Westfield, for example, um, as a media owner, they have cameras in their screens um, that actually look and, and can see who has, you know, what eyeballs have actually hit their screen and they can understand, you know, male, female, and they can spill it out and they can give you all sorts of analytics around it. I was, so, was going to bring that up. Is like, can you use AI to do, you know, image tracking and then recognition? Yeah. You can say X many eyeballs today saw it. Yeah, I mean that that could well be where it's heading for sure. I mean, there's there's I mean obviously there's a whole thing around privacy, of course, and, and kind privacy. of how privacy, how privacy, privacy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, but we can sort of see how that's um, developing. But the tech is there. I mean, the tech is is certainly there, and like I say, it's it's in the ground. Um, I've mentioned three D anamorphic. Uh, Got to be careful what I say here because obviously um, trade secrets. A lot of our a lot of our clients like 3D anamorphic, and I certainly see its benefits. Dare I say, I, th I think it's been a bit done now. I, I don't, unless you're going to do something wildly spectacular with it. I, I just personally think it's it's at a point now where um, it's it's a bit overused. So where is that future going? I think you mentioned minority reporting. Look at the five year then, uh, Mark. I think for sure. Uh, we are getting more sophisticated in out of home using data. Um, programmatic will be that catalyst that is going to keep spurring that on. Um, you know, we don't have perhaps a data platform um, in market that that is sort of centralized or tapped into. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but certainly agencies do. Um, you know, the, the ones that I work with certainly has has plenty of data. I know other agencies do as well. So, you know, we'll see if there is that personalization. Um, but you know, I, this is this is me. This is this is Craig Barber talking now, um, which might seem a little uh, bonkers to say, and I'll, I'll probably lose my job tomorrow for saying it. But <laughs> I almost feel like we're going to be a point eventually. Eventually, might even be more than ten years, where I could almost see some digital units coming down. And I think you know, there's this whole thing around sustainability. At the moment, there's this whole thing around uh, efficiency. And if we can somehow, you know, the things that the electricity that powers digital is, it's, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, I can't remember if it was a screen. I think it was a screen in London that the ocean sold that pilots were complaining that the screen was too bright from, from the skies as they were coming into land and apparently it was only at like 60% power this this screen so you know i think there is this thing of of the industry and out of home has to do better around sustainability we have to tackle it and i could i could see almost a bit of a you know reversal around the the hunger for for digital unless we can solve that problem so that's that's say that's a craig barber thought rather than a yeah, Craig, I, I, I want else. to say that as you describe the future or what the future might be, 
I think back to what you said earlier in the show that the truly powerful campaigns have had a truth as their central kind of core. Um, and that's that you, you can, you, you cannot substitute for good creative. You, you, you just like this, the simplest creative has stuck with us through decades. We're just, we've discussed, we referenced campaigns that, and we're not all that old, but that have all taken place a decade or more ago. Uh, maybe with the exception of the Apple, um, one that you've, uh, you brought up yeah. and that's what, it, that's what it is. I mean, I think, I think creativity in advertising is still the difference between um, a brand that can stand out and everyone else. Alex, you and I have always said in pitches to clients with all other things being equal cre- creative is what is what's going to win you the day. And everyone has, stand by everyone up. has access to all the same tools, all the same platforms, all the same, everything. It's, it's literally the, it's literally that and sure, maybe the canvases start getting a little bit more snazzy and we get a little bit more capability out of them, but it's, it's, it's got to be that. And, and, you know, as long as, as long as creative is allowed to thrive or until marketers realize that they have, they, they, they should kind of lean back into that world where create creativity is a core function of advertising, you know, we're, we're going to continue to see unmemorable executions and all of their manifestations, whether it's digital TV, etc., and, and, and we'll remember those that are, um, that have that central truth in them and, and they wow us and they stick with us and we want to talk about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, to back that up, whenever there's a bad campaign and the results aren't good, blame creative. That's, that's the rule. <laughs> blame creative. <laughs> Craig, thank you so much for coming on, for uh, spending this hour talking about um, Out of Home. Hopefully, it's um, something that continues to have a, a future, and uh, it should. I personally think that it should be much more of a staple in media plans because it's delightful to see great out-of-home advertising. Appreciate it, gents. And uh, yeah, we'll do the next one. When's the We'll do the cider panel soon. Yeah, that's right. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah.